Hi, everybody. Thank you. Um, it's good to be back. You know, it was, uh, it's been a rough couple of weeks. And, uh, but home, I like that song, Home. You know, we have a home in heaven, but it's nice being home where you live, too. And it's nice being home where, you, where your family, your church family is, too. And, and so you guys are my family, and, and I'm happy to be home with you. And, and uh, I'm really thirsty. Shouldn't be nervous at home, though, right? Shouldn't be nervous at home at all. Um, like I said, it's been a rough couple of weeks, but um, I got a song I want to sing to you that kind of ties into, you know, what I'm going to speak about today. And uh, sometime in October, somebody said something to me. Nobody here. Somebody somewhere else said something to me that just completely devastated me. I mean, I was, I was uh, crushed. I was just heartbroken. And they really didn't even say that much. It's surprising how little it will take sometimes for to, to really hit, hit, hit you. But it kind of devastated me. And uh, maybe some of it was what they didn't say. And so a uh, little message in that is that be careful what we say to people or, or think about what we sh maybe should say before we speak to them. And, and uh, anyways, I was like, for, for a few days, I was completely destroyed. And so I went to these two particular um, verses in the Psalms, which I'm going to talk about today, Psalm 34, 18, and, and Psalm 147, 3, about the brokenhearted. And, and I just like got into that and just dove into that with my blue letter Bible. And, and just, uh, you know, God's word is amazing. God's word will always meet you and speak to you, and, and God will, will meet you there in his word. And he did. And then, uh, I, I hope Carol doesn't mind, I, I, I was speaking with Carol like a little bit after that, and, and some of the stuff, you know, that she's, she's been through, you know, one thing after another after another, right? And, you know, the stuff in this life that, that can just break your heart. And so I gave her those verses, and then uh, we went to Florida for a break, and I, I tried to put some music to those two verses and put together. Uh, so I'm still kind of working on it, but I thought, you know, hey, let's just do it, right? This is like the, the living room of the family, right? So you can just hear, and if, if uh, in my head I hear like a big string section and a piano, uh, so if you can kind of picture that, but really, I'm just going to play it on guitar. Are you broken hearted, broken to pieces, maimed, crippled, wrecked, shattered, hurt, torn, and crushed? The Lord is near to you right there, right now, a father to the brokenhearted are you crushed in spirit broken very small are you cast down are you crushed into dust the Lord will save you deliver you 
rescue you. You crushed in spirit. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He is there with you. Are you broken hearted? Broken to pieces, maimed, crippled, wrecked, shattered, hurt, torn, and crushed. Well, he will heal you. Put you together and make you whole. You broken hearted. Are you wounded, injured, full of pain, full of sorrow? Hurting so bad, you don't know how you go on. Well, he will bind you up. Wrap you firmly with his love. Oh, you wounded. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted saves those who are crushed in spirit he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds he is there with you he's right there with you Let's open uh, our Bibles to Psalm. Let's start at Psalm 34. Verse 18, we'll get to that in a second. Um, I'm just wondering, um, have, you, have any of you ever been brokenhearted? One or two? You know, uh, it's this thing about having a broken heart and having a crushed spirit is what we're going to look at in these verses. And, and I don't even know how I'm going to do this because I just kind of, I said, I don't know what I'm going to do. But I just, just kind of put together what I thought about these verses. And, and uh, we'll just kind of, you'll bear with me, right? Yes. I'm sure you will. But when your heart's broken and you're hit to the very core, you know, the, the, the things of this life, the things of this world, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a painful world that we live in. Not always. Right? We don't walk around like this all the time. I mean, but, but when it really hits you, it hits you. When, you know, painful words when, when things happen, people say things. You know, what else causes us to have a broken heart? 
What else causes us to be crushed in spirit like this? Loss does, right? When you lose someone you love, when you lose a relationship, when you lose something you value, and it just hits you. Maybe when you fail, when you, when you blow it, when you make a mistake, when you fall, and you're just crushed, destroyed. There's some verses I want to show you in the, in the Proverbs uh, and, and one in the Psalms in Proverbs 15, 13. It says, a happy heart makes the face cheerful, but heartache crushes the spirit. They're kind of tied together, this heart being broken and the spirit being crushed. In Proverbs 17, it says, a cheerful heart is good medicine. That's good medicine. I want to take some of that. But he says a crushed spirit dries up the bones. That's kind of a picture, isn't it? Dried bones. It affects you right into your bones. Verse, uh, chapter 18, verse 14. A man's spirit sustains him in sickness, but a crushed spirit, who can bear? And then David said in Psalm 38, He said, I am feeble and utterly crushed. I groan in anguish of heart. I groan in anguish of heart. Any of you ever been there for that? That's why why I love the Psalms because, you know, through the stuff you go through in life, it it covers every aspect of life. You know, when you're up, when you're down in the middle, you know, it talks about rejoicing and singing, and and then it talks about, you know, weeping and and, uh, groaning, being utterly crushed. But this is something that we face in life, and it, it happens. It just happens. So the question is, how can we bear it? How can we bear these things? He said, a crushed spirit, who can bear? How can we bear things? Is there, is there any hope? Is there any help that we have in this life? That's the question that I want to look at here today. And, and of course, you already know, because I've been alluding to it, and I sang about it, is the Lord is the one that's going to help us. Directly, the Lord himself. Because he cares, because he wants to help. And so looking in these verses here, Psalm 34 and Psalm 147, there's two verses, and, and again, all I want to do, let's just keep it simple, I want to just look at those words and see what they mean, see what they say. Can we do that? Verse 18, he says this, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. And he saves those who are crushed in spirit. I just look at that verse, and when you're in that kind of a place, you can find this verse. I want you to know where it is so you can find it. You can go to it, and you can, and you can see what the, what the Bible promises, what's, what, what God says he will do because of who he is. And he says that he is close to the brokenhearted and save those who are crushed in spirit. So first of all, we see that it's the Lord. And, and that word, as you see it there in the ca- all capital letters, that's the, the, the word Yahweh. The one who is, the creator, the creator of the universe, the, 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 the creator, God himself, it says that he is going to be near to you. In other words, you're not on your own. Part of the problem is, what, you know, some of these things that happen to us, it's because of people around us, right? And then we want to get away from those people around us, right? But God's going to be there. 
says the Lord. The Lord is close. I looked at that word for close, and it's kind of interesting. And if you look it up, and again, I got all of this, all of it, from the Blue Letter Bible. This word close means, means this, near of place, of time, and of personal relationship. In other words, place, he, he can't get any closer than that than he is. He's right there. He's right there with you. He's right there with me. Of time, it's like right now. You can't get any closer than right now. It's not like he's going to show up like a week from now. He's going to let you kind of get through it the best you can for a week, and then he'll show up, you know, because he's kind of busy running things, you know. He's kind of busy. He's got a lot of stuff on his plate and, and that. But that's not the way it is. He's right there right now. In personal relationship, you know, he's like a father. He's like, he's like your dad. He's like a father who's there to care for you. A good dad. A good father. It says there, for the brokenhearted. And this word literally means these things here. Broken in pieces. Maimed. Crippled. Wrecked. Shattered. Hurt. Torn and crushed. The Lord is near to those who are broken in pieces. You, you feel like you've just been maimed. You've been, you're, you're crippled. You're wrecked. You, that's kind of a popular word now. Wrecked. I'm wrecked. But that's how you feel sometimes, isn't it? You feel like you've been in a wreck. And you don't even know how you're going to like face life. How are you going to get up and go to work tomorrow? How are you going to you know, get up and do anything? He says you've got a broken heart. One commentator said this, those with a broken heart or a broken purpose in life, he said they seem to drop out of the main current of life into shadow. And they go apart to suffer. Isn't that how it feels like? I mean, I love being here, but I told my wife a few minutes ago, I'd like to be home. I just would want to be home by myself. But listen to what he said here. He said, but they go apart to suffer but God draws near. And even when we have to, and we think we want to be by ourselves, He draws right there. He's right there with you. He's right there with me. The second half of that verse, it says that He saves. He saves those who are crushed in spirit. That's kind of an inter- interesting word to put, you know, about being brokenhearted, being crushed in spirit. I get the part He says He's close, He's near, but that he saves them. We think that about, you know, being saved from our sin. You know, we're saved. But he saves us. He saves us. He saves us from a lot of stuff, though. The word means this, to save, to deliver, to rescue, to, vic- to give victory to. The, the New Living Translation says this, he rescues those whose spirits are crushed. He, you know, we need to be rescued from it. In other words, I don't know about you, but we, I can't get myself out of it. I can't save myself out of this kind of thing. I, I have to look to something bigger, someone bigger than myself to pull me out, to get me out of it. I can't do it. I need a Savior. And He's our Savior. This word for crushed is, is uh, 
translated contrite, but it literally means crushed. And it literally means crushed into powder. I mean, crushed so small that you're just like dust. Crushed into dust. That's crazy, isn't it? Some of you are saying, well, you know, man, that dude's got problems. You know, that never happened to me before. Well, just give it time. Maybe when you're 63, it'll happen to you too. Some of us are just always up and we're on top of the world and some of us are always kind of down. But you know what? Life, uh, you know, is no respecter of persons and tragedy. And, and uh, I think the older you get, you know, the more you face some of these losses because your friends are getting older, your parents are, are getting older, the people you associate with, you know, they're, they're getting to that time where, where things are happening. Things are or going south, going bad. He saves those who are crushed in spirit. It's interesting. Uh, the word for spirit is wind or breath, like the Holy Spirit. And, 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 and isn't it true when this, when this kind of thing happens to you, it's like you get the wind knocked out of you. That's the way I felt back in October. It's like the wind got knocked out of me. I could barely take a breath. And I'm just going... Oh, man. But it says here, the Lord is near. And the Lord saves. I want you to turn with me to Isaiah chapter 57. Uh, Isaiah chapter 57. We're going to turn to three or four verses today, but not too many. And we also have communion today. That we're going to celebrate. And it's also donut day, so let that cheer you up. <laughs> Although I really don't eat donuts anymore. So that's not going to cheer me up. Isaiah chapter 57, verse 15. This is an interesting verse. Look at this. He says in verse 15, For this is what the high and lofty one says. This... Lord that we're talking about, the creator God, the high and lofty one, who, he who lives forever, whose name is holy. He said, I live in a high and holy place. True. But also with him who is contrite and lowly in spirit. That word contrite is the same word we saw back in Psalm 34, the word for crushed. It's the same word. And lowly in spirit, to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite or of the crushed. Isn't that incredible? He lives in a high and holy place, but he also, he lowers, he humbles himself to live with you and me when we get to that place of being crushed and broken. He's there. That's incredible. That, to me, is incredible. I live, he said also, with him who is contrite or crushed and lowly in spirit, to, to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite or crushed. Keep your, keep your hand in Isaiah because we're going to come back there in a, in a couple minutes, but let's turn to that second verse now, Psalm 147. Psalm 147, verse 3.
It says that, he says there, he, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. If you look at the context of this, in verse 2, it, it says the Lord builds up Jerusalem. So he's, he's rebuilding this city and, he's, and he gathers the exiles, he gathers people together. And then verse 3 said he heals the brokenhearted, binds up their wounds. Verse 4, look at this, he said, he determines the number of stars and calls them each by name. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limits. So this is a God who, who is in the rebuilding business, in the gathering business, but he's also the God who knows every star by name. He determined the number of the stars. He knows every star by name. And yet, he's there for each one of us personally, individually. That's, that's amazing to me. I live in a high and holy place, but also with him who's contrite or crushed. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He heals. The word for heals is to mend by stitching, to cure, to repair, to make whole. He's got a needle and thread sometimes. And he's like stitching you up. He's stitching me up. And he sees, the, he sees the, the damage that's there. He sees the problem and he's got that, that needle, needle and thread. And some of you know how to sew. I, I definitely don't. I tried to put a button on one time. And uh, I think it lasted about five minutes. You've got to know what you're doing, right, to put a button on. That sounds pretty simple, right? I'll just sew a button on. But if you don't do it right, it's not going to stay on. But, but he knows how to sew you and I up. Why? Because he made us. He knows everything about us. And not only that, he knows us personally and individually. He knows what hurts me. He knows what I'm made of. He knows where I've been, who I am, and what, what my life has been, you know, up to this point in time. He knows all about the stuff that, that you have faced and, and who you are. And so he can sew you very carefully. He's got really fine stitches. And do, and, and, and do that, that stitching in your life that, that's going to put you back together. That's amazing to me. It says he binds up. That just, just means to wrap it's like when you've got a wound and you, you, know, you get that, that ace bandage, you just wrap that thing up. You know, you, I watch some of these guys playing football, and some of the, they're out there, they want to play so bad, and they're like, they're all wrapped up. There's one team I was looking at uh, uh, yesterday, and uh, it seemed like half the guys on the team had big braces on their legs. They, 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 had, the, they had wounds, obviously, they had injuries. But they wanted to play. They wanted to stay in the game. He says he was going to wrap them. And he wrapped them firmly in those wounds, that pain, that sorrow, that hurt. The injury. He says he heals the brokenhearted. He binds them up. He wraps them firmly. This is a God. Let me tell you, this is a God who cares about you and me. This is a God who loves us. Psalm 51, I'll, I'll put a, a rendering of this on the screen. It says, it says, my sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart or crushed heart. 
you, God, will not despise. Psalm 51 is a, a psalm of repentance, really, when David, you know, got uh, called on the carpet with that whole problem with Bathsheba, and, and he got, you know, he got to the place where he fell before God and he repented. But in the end of it, he says, you know what? The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. And sometimes, you know, that's all we have to bring to him. We don't have, you know, the verses before talk about, you know, different kinds of sacrifices, you know, that you could bring. But he said, he says the, the real sacrifice is when our hearts are broken before him. Our hearts are crushed before him. So that's kind of interesting. You think about it. Sometimes we face all these things and it... it, it it's very difficult and very hard, but, but it, it ends up being an avenue to get to the God who can help us and save us and rescue us and heal us. Like I've said before, I don't like it, but sometimes that's the way life is, isn't it? But then there's Jesus. Amen. Then there's Jesus, you know. I found that slide. I am come to heal the brokenhearted. In the Gospel of Luke chapter 4, it it talks about Jesus. He came to Nazareth, right? And and he came where he'd been brought up, it says in in chapter 4. And and it says, as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he would go in there. and, And it says he stood up to read. And they would let kind of guest speakers come in and read. And it says that he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he'd opened the book, he found a place where it was written. So he looked for a place in the scroll. He found a place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. He went to this passage, it was a passage in Isaiah 61, and he, and he read those verses. Powerful, powerful verses, and, they're, and they're, they're, they're verses about the Messiah who would come. It says this then, he closed the book, and he gave it back to the attendant, and he sat down. And the, and the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. They were all staring at him like, why did you read that? And he began to say to them, and this is what he said, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Today, he said, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, I'm the Messiah. I've come, and, and one of the things that I've come to do, of course, was, was to bring the gospel, the good news of, of eternal life. But he said one of the things that he came to do is to heal the brokenhearted. He read it. He said, He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. In other words, he was on a mission from the Father to come. That's what one of the job descriptions that he had was to come and heal, heal our broken hearts. That's one of the things he came to do. Of course, he came to do a lot more than that. We know that, but for the sake of this message, this is the one we're going to bring out. And you know what? He is so faithful. And he so understands. So understands. You know, 
some people, and you can, you can study this, you can read about this, but some people believe that Jesus died of a broken heart. Did you know that? You have your finger in Isaiah. Let's turn back to there. We're going to turn to Isaiah chapter 53. Isaiah chapter 53. Again, this is also a, a prophecy of Messiah who would come and why he would come. But thinking about Jesus dying of a broken heart, let's look at what it says that Messiah would face. Isaiah chapter 53, and it's the whole chapter and part of the chapter before, but, but let's just look at verses 3 and 4. It says, He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering, like one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised and we esteemed him not. That sounds like someone with a broken heart to me. Rejected. I mean, one of the things that we face that, that totally, you know, destroys us is when someone rejects us. How many of you just love rejection? I can't wait till the next time I'm rejected. That's, that's pretty much most of what he faced in his life. Despised, rejected, a man of sorrows, familiar with suffering. Verse 4, it says, Surely... Surely he took up our infirmities and he carried our sorrows. And yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds we are healed. You see what he was carrying? You see what he was, you know, what, what his whole thing was there? This rejection, this sorrow, this suffering that he faced. You know, in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he went to pray and he, he, he went there with his disciples, but he, he took two of them. He took Peter and, and the two sons of Zebedee, he took three of them. It says he took them along with him a little bit further, and it says he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. And what did they all do? They just fell asleep. He's there, he's by himself then. He's got, he's got this overwhelming sorrow, almost enough to kill him, almost to the point of death, he said. Now, I, I don't want to compare us to, to Jesus and what he was facing there, but sometimes, sometimes when we face these kinds of things, we feel like, man, I, I'm just going to die from this. I'm going to die from this. One more passage I want you to turn with me to John chapter 19, the Gospel of John chapter 19. We'll finish there as we prepare for communion. John chapter 19, verse 30 and It says, when he had received the drink, 
Jesus said, it is finished. And with that, he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. Now it was the day of preparation and the next day was to be a special Sabbath. And because the Jews did not want the bodies left on the crosses, during the Sabbath they asked Pilate to have the legs broken and the bodies taken down. And the soldiers therefore came and they broke the legs of the first man who had been crucified with Jesus and then those of the other. But when they came to Jesus, they found that he was already dead and they did not break his legs. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced Jesus' side with a spear, bringing a sudden flow of blood and water. Now, you have to understand that, that crucifixion was, you know, it was a, a method of execution. It was designed to be, you know, utterly painful and that they would suffer for a very long time. And, and the, the, the main cause for death when someone was being crucified was, was to, to die, asphyxiation. They couldn't breathe anymore. They couldn't, they couldn't lift themselves up to take another breath. But, but typically, it would take three to four days. It could be out there for three to four days. And, and so that's why the Jews, they didn't want to see them up there. They said, break their legs. Because once they broke their legs, then they couldn't lift themselves up to get another breath, and they, they would die. So they came to the first one, broke his leg. The second one broke his leg. And they came to Jesus and he was already dead. And so the soldier, it says that he took this spear and he pierced Jesus' side with a spear. And what came out was blood, a sudden flow of blood and water. There's a, a, a medical doctor whose name is uh, C. Truman Davis and he wrote a book. He, he wrote a book called the, the Crucifixion of Jesus. And, and he, you know, he studied the medical aspects of it all. And he, he wrote about this and, and he said this. He said, We therefore have rather conclusive post-mortem evidence that our Lord died, not the usual crucifixion death by suffocation, but of heart failure. Heart failure. There's a, I found an interesting website, a, a, a funeral director, and, and he wrote about, you know, he's kind of like notes from a funeral director, but he writes about this concept, about this idea that Jesus died of a broken heart. And he says this, he said, heart failure that began to develop in the garden when Jesus was sweating blood continued to build when he was rejected by many of his disciples and he came to and it came to utter fruition when his people nailed him to a cross he said let me suggest that that Jesus died from stress induced cardiomyopathy the broken heart syndrome and this is a true thing cardiomyopathy the broken heart syndrome he said as a result of the rejection and the grief that he experienced as he walked the world. Now I know it says here in, in, in John chapter 19, he gave up his spirit. 
But couldn't it also be that at that moment his heart, his heart was breaking? His heart was completely breaking, and he just he, he did it all. And, and that's, when, that's when he said those words, it is finished, because of the heart that he had for you and for me. All that to say we're going to celebrate communion here in just a minute, but all that to say that, that you and I, we face these things in life, and, and we've, we've looked at these verses in Psalms and some of these other verses but Jesus understands. He knows what a broken heart is. He knows what a crushed spirit is. He knows what pain and sorrow and suffering is. So who better to meet with you and I than Jesus himself? To bring our broken hearts to him. To bring our crushed spirits to him. Who, the one who took it all upon himself. Greater love is no one than this, that he lay down his life. He's near. He's he saves, he heals, he binds up. I listened to uh, Patrick's message last week, and uh, he made a joke about, about just using Spurgeon. Just, just, let's just preach one of Spurgeon's uh, messages, and we won't have to uh, even study. Of course, he didn't do that, but, but Spurgeon has some incredible stuff to say, and I'm, I'm just going to close with a, a quote from, from Charles Spurgeon, because it's... It's, it's so uh, apropos. It says this. He said, hearts are broken through disappointment. Hearts are broken through bereavement. Hearts are broken in 10,000 ways. For this is a heartbreaking world. And Christ is good at healing all manner of heartbreaks. I like that. He says, come, broken hearts. Come to the physician who never fails to heal. Uncover your wounds to him who so tenderly binds them up. Wow. That's what we're going to do now. We're going to pray and then we're going to pass out. I'm going to pray first and then we're going to pass out the communion and, and uh, partake together. And, uh, well, let's pray first. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word that... Uh, you gave it to us because you knew we needed it. These powerful words that you have for us in those times when, when our hearts are broken, crushed, when we're wrecked by the 10,000 things in this world and this life that, that cause us to have broken hearts. And yet you are so close. You are so near. You're right there, right now. Father to each one of us. And Jesus, we want to come as we prepare to partake in communion. We want to come. We want to remember what you did for us. Remember the Lord's death until you return and, and that, that you, you died on the cross for us, for me, for my sin, for the sins of all the world, to, that, that whoever would believe, whoever, whoever would receive and trust you and, and receive you into their lives and hearts, you would save forever and ever and, and give eternal life to. Jesus, we can't even begin to imagine how much you had to carry and what you had to go through to do that for us. Well, we have a, a little inkling of what pain is what sorrow is, what brokenheartedness is, but you took, you took it from the whole world. 
upon yourself. Lord, I pray for each one of us, Lord, as we come before you today. We bring to you our hearts, the good, the bad, the ugly. We bring them to you. Nothing surprises you. We bring our hearts to you. We say, Lord, help me, heal me, hear me. I need you today. Lord, I pray also for any maybe that have never made that step. Today is a day you can, you can cry out to the Lord to, to come into your life, to, to be with you forever, to prepare the way for you to go to heaven forever. Simply calling out to him and saying, Jesus, thank you for what you did. And I ask you to come into my life, come into my heart today. December 2nd, 2018. And be my Savior, be my Lord. I need your help. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's pass out the communion.